Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Yair Pinto, and together with me, as always, is TV7 Editor-in-Chief Jonathan Hassan. How are you doing today? Praise God, much better, thank you. It's really good to have you back, and it's really good to have this program back after a few weeks that uh, actually both of us were sick. You know, I started, and then you followed. You, you were my contributing factor. Indeed. <laughs> So how are you feeling now? Yeah, praise God. I, I really appreciate, of course, uh, the prayer of uh, mm-hmm. so many of our brothers and sisters around the world uh, mm-hmm. who have voiced uh, uh, their support and, and encouragement uh, during a week and several days uh, of COVID. Uh, of course, you had to deal with it beforehand. And um, you know, we thought about potentially doing a recording in which uh, I link up from my house, but yes. uh, unfortunately it was uh, a challenge mm-hmm. uh, to do. But God is good. He's our healer, and uh, he allows us to persevere. Uh, it was nonetheless challenging. Uh, of course, I continued to work and, and to uh, uh, edit and research the news and to maintain mm-hmm. uh, contact with all of our res- uh, sources and um, the people that we communicate on a regular basis. Uh, but... Uh, uh, you know, we, we managed to, to yes. get TV7 Israel News out there, the, the Jerusalem Studio mm-hmm. programs. Amir Owen uh, was a great help. So was uh, Rovin Ben Shalom and other people who stepped in. And, and, yeah, uh, also Aaron Viner did the indeed, news, you know, indeed. when and both I'm, of us were un- unable to come here and, uh, and record it. And so. Unfortunately, Aaron was also uh, uh, contracted it also mm-hmm. uh, during uh, this period of time. Praise God, she's also doing much better. But uh, yes, we, we continue with our heads Definitely. forward. No, and now we have about three weeks to cover here in Editor's Note to see what happened behind the scenes. But uh, of course, let's, uh, let's start with, uh, with prayer. And I would like to ask you back at home to join us in prayer. You know, pray for healing for us, for the team, for the productions. And also that God will speak uh, to you back at home and uh, to us. Avinu Shabashamayim, Tadalecha. Our Father in Heaven, thank you. Thank you for being our healer. Thank you for, for basically healing us. And we pray for complete healing on Jonathan, his family, and the, the rest of the team members here in Jerusalem who are not feeling 100% yet, but we believe that uh, they soon will be back to 100 and more. And uh, we pray for the viewers, for healing on them. We pray for this program that you will really uh, lead us and touch the hearts of our viewers back at home and us here in the studio. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. So as I said, you know, three weeks is a long time, a lot of topics to cover, but what are the, you know, the main main points that you want to discuss and elaborate today? Well, you know, I, I think <laughs> three main points uh, ultimately uh, should be prayed for. Mm-hmm. Uh, much more Yes. Obviously, is occurring around the world. But three main topics are the, the uh, key challenges currently that are impacting Israel, the peace of Jerusalem, and beyond that. Also, <coughs> excuse me, the, the uh, interconnectivity between different areas 
around the world ultimately also impact what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And as such, uh, I would, let's start with uh, the main topic, Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem yeah. obviously has been a point of uh, contention for many years. Uh, it didn't start... Uh, yeah, every, almost every year we have, you know, the Temple Mount, Jerusalem, as a uh, you know, boiling pot in, the, in this whole region. Indeed. Maybe before I continue, I can ask the MC to put the, the map behind you so we just get a, a picture of, of the location. Uh, so Israel, we already know, of course, the, the importance of mm-hmm. recognizing where is it situated, what are the countries around it. And this map provides a focus on the immediate area of Israel, but we will discuss also beyond that uh, additional aspects. But when we're talking about Jerusalem, uh, you know, it's it's far beyond uh, the the past several years. It is on, on physical terms, on geopolitical terms. It's been a city in contention for many years, mm-hmm. even though uh, in certain periods of time when we're talking about the battle between the Mamluks and uh, the Ottomans, where the Ottomans actually defeated the Mamluks, the Mamluks being the Egyptians uh, mm-hmm. of back then in uh, 1517. Uh, Jerusalem was actually shunned. Uh, it wasn't even looked uh, toward because there was no uh, sig- over-significance for that city. At that point, it was a poor city. It doesn't mm-hmm. have strategic uh, Uh, significance beyond the fact that it has a spiritual significance Mm -hmm. and uh, the ability to to actually view both sides of uh, from the Mediterranean into uh, the Transjordan area and uh, even in in clear days you can see beyond that but uh, when we look really at the focal point at the point where everything is directed into, and that is the Temple Mount. Mm -hmm. The Temple Mount, uh, which uh, sits on Mount Moriah, Mm -hmm. ultimately, the point of Mount Moriah, according to historians, is the same place where Abraham sought to um, sacrifice sacrifice Isaac. Isaac. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, there was the the miracle with the lamb and and the, the promise of God uh, and the blessings of God uh, bestowed upon Abraham, our forefather. And as such, that promise, that is the point of contention, the connection between God and man. And that same place where God made that promise to Abraham is the same place that uh, is believed to be situated the Holy of Holies subsequently, where God decided to establish Mm-hmm. Uh, to instruct, you know, uh, yes. King to, Solomon. To well, in the Holy of Holies inside the in temple, the, the first temple, the second the, temple, yes. And uh, where he filled, uh, I, I love this uh, scripture in Bible, where uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord filled uh, the temple at the first stages where the Kohanim and, and the Levites mm-hmm. were singing, Hodul Adonai Kitov ki Lolam Chasdo, thank uh, uh, the Lord our God for his grace is eternal. Uh, and while they were singing this song, uh, the Spirit of the Lord came down onto the temple uh, and filled it. And there was a cloud within it. And, and this is uh, chronicled in the Bible very magnificently. Mm-hmm. Now, 
the point of contention there it goes beyond obviously Israel. There is a claim to this by uh, the Hashemite monarchy, which yeah. May I ask a question? I think I've, I grew up in Jerusalem, okay, all my life, and the Temple Mount is very unclear to me. Is it ruled by Israel, by Jordan, by I don't know? Palestinians, who is who is really in control of the Temple Mount? Maybe you can you know give a bit of an understanding about this situation. So, it is a complex <laughs> question uh, and a complex answer, and I'll give a, a <coughs> simple answer to try and and yeah. clarify the situation. Um, physically speaking, Israel controls uh, the Temple Mount from a security perspective. So Israeli policemen? Israel police are in charge of guaranteeing security on the Temple Mount and freedom of access for worship. Mm -hmm. And the administrative aspect uh, is uh, conducted by the Islamic Waqf under the authority of the Jordanian Islamic Waqf because you also have the Saudi under the family of Saud monarchy. You have the Moroccan under the uh, royal uh, uh, monarchy in Morocco. So you have different claims from different monarchies, each one uh, being able to establish a certain line to uh, the Muslim prophet uh, uh, Muhammad. And as such, they always vied for uh, who controls basically the Islamic holy sites from their perspective, even though the the Temple Mount and Jerusalem was never mentioned in the Quran. Okay, it, it's a political game, of course, and in the Quran they're speaking about the most eastern mosque, mm-hmm. or so they spoke. Then they believe that uh, um, the Prophet Muhammad, uh, who they right? re- refer to as their prophet, ascended into heaven. Uh, and received the message from God to write the Quran, which, um, of course, is uh, their beliefs. Um, But because of that, uh, there was a battle between the the monarchs of the Saud family to the Hashemite monarchs. Actually, Abdullah uh, I, Amir Abdullah I, was killed on the Temple Mount, and so was his son, ultimately. And, and there was a very big uh, uh, story that uh, consequently ensued. Um, the same Palestinians who are currently trying to assist the Islamic Waqf are actually using this also for political reasons that have nothing to do with uh, their Islamic faith, and, and they're using it for as a connecting part mm-hmm. between the different families, tribes within Palestinian society. Okay, so there is a complexity there. Um, But after the Six-Day War, when Israel reclaimed Jerusalem as the capital, um, actually in the early 80s was when they legislated the Jerusalem law, which made uh, Mm -hmm. Jerusalem a unified capital. Um, Back then for security concerns, Okay, the defense minister at the time, Moshe Dayan, uh, was worried that if uh, Israel would recalibrate or rechange the rules on the Temple Mount, um, there will be backlash not only from the Muslim world, which could then come and guarantee a certain uh, resistance to Israel beyond what was back then, yes. uh, which Israel at the time 
did not want to contend with. I don't know if they couldn't, they did not want to contend with, and they probably did not receive the necessary guarantees from Western backers, including the United States, including the United Kingdom, including France, uh, in order to secure Jerusalem uh, and to maintain a certain reality uh, at play that would then guarantee the safety of, of the Jewish residents. So basically the they didn't want to make any changes because they were afraid the situation is so fragile. Right, and this was backed <clears throat> by the ultra-Orthodox rabbis who, to date, yes. they are against people going to the Temple Mount. They say, we don't know where the Holy of Holies was, we don't have the records thereof, and therefore it's better not to walk Yes. on the Temple Mount to avoid walking where the, the Holy of Holies may have been. Yeah, because that is only permitted once a year for the high priests in the Day of Atonement. So Correct. they didn't want to break this very important... So point. with the back uh, tailwind, if you will, of the ultra-Orthodox uh, leadership at the time, the Jewish ultra-Orthodox leadership, the rabbis in Jerusalem and elsewhere, Moshe Dayam came to the conclusion and managed to uh, strike an accord, actually also with uh, the Jordanians as part of the armistice, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, the Temple Mount uh, would maintain a status quo. Status quo is the Latin term for status quo antebellum. Um, it's basically the way things were before the war, yes. specifically the 1967 war, the, the Six-Day War, uh, which Israel, even though it managed to control the area and whoever controls the, the strong power, the guns, is the one that ultimately controls the area. Um, nevertheless, uh, the, the decision to do so has brought about many challenges that we're seeing also today. Yeah, so now in the ground, basically, we don't have freedom of uh, worship no. on the Temple Mount. So only Muslims can go and pray and worship. Christians and Jews can only visit, and they're not even permitted to, you know, pray in, you know, voice out, you know, speaking the prayers or singing there, unless it causes a big, big drama, and then they are taken out of the Temple Mount. So ironically speaking, the so-called proclaimed champions of, of liberalism in the West, including, you know, we hear it in Washington and we hear it in, in the EU institutions mm -hmm. talking about the necessity for freedom of worship and freedoms and freedoms and freedoms. They're all very, very zealous when it comes to maintaining the status quo on Jerusalem, yes. which actually infringes those same freedoms that they're claiming to uphold. So it, it is uh, a sad irony. Yes. Uh, to, to see this. Of course, it is a very, very sensitive topic because spirituality is attached to it. Um, nonetheless, if, if we really look at, at this picture, at, at the current state uh, of play, uh, the Palestinians, as I said, are utilizing the Islamic month of Ramadan, the Muslim month of Ramadan, uh, which uh, often coincides with the Passover, often coincides with Easter. In Hebrew, we call it Pascha, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, which means basically Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday, the, the those whole weekend, days, yes. uh, these weekends. And this year, as occurred uh, during the last conflict, last year, uh, it coincided, give or take, on those same days. Mm -hmm. uh, nevertheless, the Islamist Hamas organization has not restocked its uh, rocket uh, stockpiles. And as such, uh, they sought to refrain 
from trying to exacerbate the situation. They're in the rebuilding stages of trying to uh, strengthen themselves uh, in, in confronting Israel. Israel, on the other hand, is in a precarious position vis-a-vis the international community because the international community uh, is tired of wars and it's too focused right now on the war in Ukraine, the war in Russia, and they don't want to get into the whole uh, significant investments of trying to explain now why Israel is in the right in this situation. Yes, and but but okay, we keep saying here in this program that everything is connected. Then okay, so the Palestinians are rioting in Jerusalem. Is is are they being backed or pushed to do so by Iran? So on the 22nd of March, there was the first terrorist attack in the city of Bill Sheva, mm-hmm. where we saw a sympathizer uh, of, we spoke here on the program about that sympathizer of the Islamic State, yeah. um, conducting the heinous terror attack, uh, murdering four people, injuring severely one other, uh, and it was a mixed uh, stabbing attack and, and vehicular ramming attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, subsequently, in the city of Khadira, there were two um, armed to the teeth with over 1,000 rounds, uh, two sympathizers, again, of the Islamic State, uh, who came from the Mishulash, the, the triangle, which we call in northern Israel, there's a triangle mm-hmm. of Um al-Fakhim and, and other... Um, Palestinian cities. Yeah. Not Palestinian, Israeli Arab cities, because it is under Israeli yes, sovereignty, yes. and they hold Israeli um, passports and, and citizenship. But they uh, sympathized and, and um, pledged allegiance to the, the rotating leader, I like to call it, of the Islamic State, because they're uh, they repeatedly being killed. Um, so they came, they, they committed another terrorist attack, uh, killing two uh, border police uh, guards who, who were sitting in a bus waiting to go home. Actually, one of them happens to be a distant relative of mine. Um, and uh, it was a devastating situation. Thank God, uh, one of, of the units, uh, who, which sat in a restaurant, then get out of the restaurant, Yamas, mm-hmm. um, which uh, we're very, very familiar with, obviously, uh, came out and conducted immediately, very professionally. Um, um, they engaged yeah, they charged the two terrorists and, they and, and they killed them. Yeah. Subsequently, uh, and this is important to know, this occurred on the 27th of March, on the same day that the foreign ministers of Bahrain, Morocco, Egypt, and the United Arab Emirates were joined by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Israeli Foreign Minister Yair Lapid here in Israel for the Negev summit, uh, in which there were various deliberations, but the core focus was to uh, enhance cooperation between Mm -hmm. the various parties uh, in the battle against this, uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran. Okay, so what Iran then sought to utilize the, the wave of terror and triggered its organization, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, mm-hmm. to then entice additional terrorist attacks since they're in competition with the other groups. As I always explain, those are families, those are tribes, they're not necessarily connected. People coming from Gaza are not the same Palestinian so-called coming from uh, Jericho or coming from Safed in the north or, or wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are different families, different tribes, different origins. And therefore, there is an ongoing competition between Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Fatah, Tanzim, and, and the various uh, organizations in 
who is, is viewed or regarded as the supreme, who is the leader, who is the one that draws the to its savior support. savior of the Palestinian people Indeed. here. And so Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which is an Iranian proxy, is one of those organizations that actually uh, is vying for additional support. And the northern part of the West Bank is increasingly supportive of them, including mm-hmm. families and, and members and operatives within other organizations that see them as a more militant uh, organization. So the loyalties are precarious at most, and money also talks. So uh, PIJ, the Palestinian Islamic mm-hmm. Jihad, uh, came out and actually announced uh, amongst its its circles that it would pay $100 to each individual who would go and perpetrate a terrorist attack and another $300 for every Jew that they murder. So this actually drew additional attention then there was a competition because of it between the organizations who is more militant. So suddenly yes. the Palestinian authorities, Fatah, instructed their activists in Jerusalem, okay, let's try to bolster our image by setting on fire the most uh, contentious place, which is the Temple, Temple Mount. Mount yes. Indeed, Haram al-Sharif in Arabic. So I know it's complex. It is uh, very challenging. But this was basically a response also by the Iranians to the Negev summit. I see. So they're coordinating against us. Now we have our organizations dealing with the Zionist entity, as they call us, uh, or the Israel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is like really annoying to me because they claim that they are protecting the holy sites, but then they use the, the holiest site, you know, in, in Israel for them, Haram al-Sharif, as basically a base for, you know, rock throwing, vandalism. Not all of them. There are many I mean, coming course, there that are... the extremists, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, of course, the majority wants to go and pray and they take their shoes off before they come into the holy place and stuff like that. But but you can see in the videos, you see, you know, youngsters with the Palestinian flags throwing rocks, hiding in the doors inside the, 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 the mosque. Well, they're paid to do so. I know. You know, so yeah, they, they, just, they're dealing with a profession that is, is dangerous to them and harms all of the people in their surrounding. Uh, and this is a matter of moves and counter-moves. It's not only about Jerusalem. It's about additional areas in Israel that the uh, operation that the IDF uh, launched uh, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, two and a half weeks ago, Wavesbreaker, yes. uh, was actually focused, because of what I explained now, on uh, confronting Palestinian Islamic Jihad also Islamic State, also other operatives and, and organizations, but the chief focus was the Iranian proxy mm-hmm. because it, it truly sought to instigate as part of this strategic competition, which Israel and Iran are facing each other in strategic competition, Iran and its clients, and Israel and its partners are clashing with one another. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this, of course, uh, there there's much still to discuss. Unfortunately, we don't have the time to do so. Yes. But, uh, you know, the Iranians are demanding also that uh, the RGC be removed from uh, the foreign terrorist organizations list of the State Department in the United States, something that will impact also this confrontation. Of course, if they'll be removed, then they'll be able to get more funding. They can operate, you know, in the world. And the Ayatollah regime has set this as a prerequisite for the revival of the 2015 nuclear agreement. Uh, Thankfully, uh, from what I hear behind closed doors, the the not all of the Biden administration, okay, but um, President Biden particularly 
understands the political toll that such a decision would, would mm -hmm. take domestically in America. So because of domestic politics, actually, this deal is now being postponed. Okay. Now, the ch chances of this then collapsing because of the situation um, are not slim. They're, they're growing by the day. And as such, we hear now the Iranians threatening Israel because the QME, which we speak about in mm -hmm. Jerusalem Studio and other programs of ours, the, quali uh, the qualitative military edge, or more particularly uh, the, the, uh, the credible military threat that Israel posed against Iran, is now being highlighted that if the Iranians are not going to bring about uh, or to succumb to U.S. demands regarding this particularly, they're going to face the harder aspect, which is going to be a strong response. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean a kinetic, uh, kinetic response. It could mean a whole list of, of options, uh, locating Iran potentially or, or other aspects like that. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't know what plan B is. Yes. Nobody knows, and even if we did know, we wouldn't say it. Uh, so uh, we need to be truthful about this. Mm -hmm. Nobody can know until the moment it's executed what Plan B is going to be. What we know for certain, and knowing the people uh, involved in this decision-making mm -hmm. and the, uh, the tactics and, and strategies that they applied in the past, we can understand their way of thinking and how they actually act. But... There are different angles to this, and, and we need to continue to pray for this specific situation mm -hmm. because the United States of America is tired of war, and it doesn't have the political will to engage in another Middle Eastern war. Uh, and even though it's the realm of the 21st century, um, it, it is afraid to use those tools because of the lack of political will, because of the domestic challenges that America is dealing with within the uh, divisive um, uh, reality at hand, and of course before elections in the United States. Of course, yeah. And indeed, there is so much more that we can speak of uh, with regard to the French elections today. Uh, it's going to impact Europe significantly. very significantly, and as such also Israel, by the way. Um, so, but we'll have to leave this to the next time. Around yeah, here. definitely. Thank you, Jonathan. And I would really like to encourage you, the viewers back at home, to take your time and pray. Pray for the situation. Pray for the Muslims during the month of Ramadan that are seeking God and that the true God will reveal himself to them. See you next time for another episode of Editor's Note. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.